congratulations to the guys that were baptized. That's a real um, honor. Yeah, give it up for them. Um, and it's, it's awesome. That's awesome testimonies, and um, I'm glad you guys are plugged in. And my charge to you is stay plugged in. And um, in any way, like I know you guys are, some, you're an MC already, you know, but join Rooted. And anybody's, you know, newer to the faith or kind of like recommitting their life to Jesus, Rooted is a great group. I'm not just saying that because we do it, but it has 10 weeks of kind of going through the Bible and learning the basics of the Christian faith. Um, so it's a great thing to do um, for that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> How many here were told, um, what was one thing you, uh, you were told by your parents when you were a kid and you were, like, going to go to the store or you're going to walk to the park? What is one thing your parents told you before you left? What? Be, be in before the streetlights. What else was, like, a word of caution your parents told you? Yeah. I think Shad said it. Don't talk to who? All right, that's what all parents said. I remember my parents burned that into my brain so much so that I never talked to a stranger in my life, you know. I have to know somebody for six weeks before I even talk to them. But weren't we always told that? Like, stranger danger, beware of strangers. And yes, we don't want our kids to get in a car with somebody they don't know, and those are good principles, but it was burning our brain. And so today, I'm, I'm telling you to talk to strangers, all right, that's my main point for today. The title of my sermon is Talk to Strangers. All right, so if you remember anything from today, it's really that Jesus wants us to talk to strangers. He wants us to get to know strangers. He wants us to go up to strangers. He wants us to approach them, and that's good. So if you're taking notes, write down that and circle it because it's important. Um, so the theme for this week is hospitality. Okay, what do you think of when you think of hospitality? Hotels, maybe? Like a hotel, think of maybe like a hospitality team at church. What's that? Somebody with the attitude? Yeah, like, yeah, like hospitality, yeah. Yeah, like, like a, somebody who's welcoming, friendly. Um, here is like the dictionary definition of hospitality. It's this, the friendly and generous reception or entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. And the Bible talks so much about if you see a stranger, if you see a guest, if you see a friend, like, we need to show hospitality to them and look out for them. You know, um, that's the whole story about the road to Jericho and the Good Samaritan, right? Like, they pierced and asked Jesus. Jesus said, love your neighbors. Jesus said, well, who's my neighbor? And he said, this guy was walking on a road and got beat up and left for dead. The priest did nothing. The pastor did nothing, but this Samaritan, who wasn't very liked, he wrapped his wounds. He took him to a hospital. He, paid, like, he entertained and he accepted and welcomed this stranger. And he, you know what he did? He even paid the innkeeper extra money to look after him. And so, and so Jesus is like, taking care and, and looking out for strangers is loving your neighbor. And so, um, and so, everything I'm saying today is really about a reception or of new people. And I do think there's a distinction between loving and accepting and welcoming your, like, solid friends at J-Road and loving, accepting, and welcoming, like, somebody who's new to J-Road. You get what I'm saying? Like, I see a distinction. Um, you know, if you walk in, like, like, I see friends here that I, you know, I see a lot of you are my good friends. I know you by name. 
And I could literally talk to so many of you for like a half hour on Sunday morning. You know, because I know you. I love you. Like, we're friends. We've shared meals together. We've done trips together. We've done missions trips together. We've done men's retreats together. Like, we know each other. And we all have that here at j Like, we all have somebody we're connected to for the most part or we know we're friends with. But when somebody comes in who's a guest or who doesn't know anybody, you know, that's the person that we all should be running towards to say hi to, to welcome them, especially here at church. Especially here at church. And so the idea is, like, if you see somebody you don't know, that shouldn't be a hesitancy. That should be an urgency. Like, that should be a line waiting to, to greet that person and say, hi, good to see you. Um, you know, not like, uh, you know, stalk them or follow them home to say hi or anything like that, but just say hi to them while they're here. Make them feel loved and welcomed, um, guests and visitors. Because but on the side of loving each other, you guys have, even this past year or two, have provided so many meals for each other. Like, you guys do an awesome job with that. You guys do an awesome job loving each other, building decks for each other, painting houses for each other, um, doing every 12 projects for each other. Those are all good. I commend you all on those things. But what I want us to encourage us for this upcoming year is how can we be more aware of new people, strangers, if you will, in our church, in our schools, in our homes, in our workplaces even. Even if you have a stranger at your workplace, like, like how can we be more receptive of that? How can we be more receptive? See, in our culture, in general, we're, we're a little bit more closed off. We're a little bit more closed off as a society. And, you know, they say this stemmed back from like the 1950s. And I, I, I studied this a little bit, but in the 1950s, in architecture, when they started building a lot of um, subdivisions, and, you know, they started to build, like, subdivisions around the city, a lot of the houses got built with attached garages. And they said when that happened, the communities in America started to change a little bit. And how so? Before, you park your car in your driveway, and everybody's kind of getting home around the same time, around 4 or 5, and you shoot the breeze with your neighbor on your way to work, on your way back. And since then, people would pull into their, their garages, shut the door, and so there's not, many, there's not any way for our neighbors to get in touch with us, you know. And I've seen that in my life. I told you guys a story a couple of years ago, but we had a neighbor that moved into our neighborhood about two years ago, and I didn't talk to him until his last day, because he only lived there for two years. <laughs> and I remember I was like, now, like, my wife and I usually bring a pie or something, we'll drop it off, and sometimes we're like, hey, great, sometimes we talk, sometimes we become friends, sometimes there's no... They're not receptive to that relationship, and that's fine. But we try to say, welcome to our street, you know, welcome to our neighborhood. This guy, we didn't do that. <laughs> and we talked. I was riding my bike, and he was loading up, like, a U-Haul. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I'm leaving. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry we didn't talk. <laughs> like, you've been here two years. He's literally, like, three houses down. And he's like, yeah, I know. I could have, too. And he's like, you know, it just didn't work out. I think he worked a second shift or something, too. So we didn't cross paths a lot. But it just shows how closed off our communities are. There's a famous quote that said, over the past 50 years in America, fences have gotten taller and tables have gotten smaller in our homes. Because we want to really just keep it us, right? Back, if you really look back, you know some of these old houses in Muskegon? Have any of you, like, have, like, an, an affinity for, like, really old, cool houses? I do. I, I like, love walking through old houses. Um, but in a lot of old houses in Muskegon, they, every house had a parlor. You all know what a parlor is? 
it was like this separate little living room that had a sliding door. So when you walk in the front door, you were in the parlor. And that's because people were expecting guests all the time in their house. And so they would have the parlor always clean. The rest of the house wouldn't be. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we have upstairs at our house. Like, our upstairs is a bathroom and three bedrooms where we all sleep. For missional community, the downstairs is really nice. The upstairs, maybe not so much. <laughs> there might be a pile of clothes that we're waiting to sort after the laundry and a big pile that we just kind of put up there for missional community. Anybody ever hide their dishes, like their dirty dishes, in the stove, you know, when guests are coming over? They didn't have to do that. They had a parlor, and they, they did that because they were having guests over so much that they would entertain in their parlor, and they could shut it off. And that was just part of, like, culture, is having people over to your home and, and doing stuff with folks. And tables were big enough so you could have uh, another family come sit around your table. You know, like the dining room was a big part of our houses back then. Um, and a lot of times in house designs, dining rooms are kind of phasing out, right? You just have a bar around the, the kitchen sink a little bit, and, you know, because like, well, we don't have anybody over. You know, we, we, we're just kind of the way our culture is going. And I say that as a big generalization. So um, I think as, as America, we have this hospitality problem. I think it spills into the church a little bit, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, and it's hard for us to see because a lot of times when we come to church, if you've been coming to J-Road for a couple of years now, you have friends at J-Road. And so you're welcomed a lot by your friends. But if you talk to a person who's brand new or maybe they've only been coming for a year, they feel like, man, it's hard to get connected. It's hard to get to know people. Um, and so, like, like, it's hard for us to see if we've been coming for a long time. Does that make sense? It's like if you go to a church outside of this town and you're like the new person, if you're on vacation and go to church, you know what it feels like to be a new person, right? Everybody's kind of chit-chatting, talking, and you just walk in. And it's like the record stops, and everybody kind of turns. Who's this? Um, that's why I even said a couple weeks ago in my email, like, if we can, like, like, yeah, I won't go there, but I'll talk about that later. Um, I don't have enough time to go that much off track. Um, but so it spills into our church. Um, we are on the in crowd. It's hard for us to see. Um, so when people walk into our church, how would they, how would they welcome us? How would, how would we welcome them? It's really on us to welcome new people into our place um, and make them feel loved, welcome. Um, number one, the Bible commands it. The Bible commands it. In 1 Peter 4, 9, it says this, show hospitality to one another without what? Oh, man, I don't want to, like, talk to this new person. Like, I don't know if you're guilty of this. I'm certainly guilty of this. But, like, once in a while at my family parties, like, my wife's family is, like, like, uh, like solid Christian folks. They, and a lot of times at family parties, one time or another, they've invited somebody who wasn't part of the family because they really didn't have anything to do on Christmas or Easter. And they were, they were there. And then we, I'm going to a family party, and there's a stranger there. And the first thing I'm like is, like, oh, you know. And... <laughs> It may be funny, but I was like, had to repent of that hardcore. God, I'm so sorry. Like, they invited a non-believer to this Christmas party, and all I could think about is, oh, I'm going to have to make small talk with a stranger. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> and I'm like, God, you could have put this person in my life, and all I'm thinking about is myself. Like, I grumbled in that moment, right? Um, you know, people do that. We do that all the time. And, and really, if we see like our... If our dad invited the neighbor who's all alone over on Christmas, 
we should be rejoicing in our hearts that he has a love for strangers or he has a love for the hurting and, and broken on Christmas. And so, you know, like, like we need to do that without grumbling. And really, it's, it's, our, own, it's our own issues that, that grumble, right? It's our own issue. If you're in a missional community and you love each other and your guys are having a blast and it's like us four and no more, and Mike brings his neighbor that he's reaching out to, and you're like, oh, no, I don't want a new person at my missional community. Oh, crap, we were just getting to know each other. I don't know, this guy might be a talker. This guy might cry. I don't know. And we grumble. And it's like the part of the point of missional communities are being a space where we can invite people and reach the lost in. And, and they could be a part of your little family that you have going on. And you welcome them in. And really, another word from welcoming, as the Bible says, is receive them in and say, welcome. It's the same way when you're at work. You have your friends. Dude comes and sits at your table or a lady comes to sit at your table. Be like, man, I just want to talk to my friends. Now I have to do small talk with this new person. It's like that shouldn't be our attitude. Our attitude should be how can we welcome this person into our community? How can we welcome this into our community? And this is tricky because I think a lot of churches would think that they are really hospitable. But if anybody here has ever done church shopping a little bit, you know that some churches aren't really hospitable. Like they're not. They don't really give that vibe. They may think they do. They don't. Um, So I have a quick story for you. Um, So this past summer, I started to do CrossFit. And I know people who do CrossFit talk about CrossFit all the time. Yes. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, And Bruce. Uh, isn't that a joke? Like, if you do CrossFit, everybody talks about it too much. I don't, like Brian, so I'm not going to put it in all my sermons. But I'll share this one story. So I started in the summer, and my wife, Nicole, has been doing CrossFit for, like, three years, of, like, four days a week. She's, like, doing power snatches, like, 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 more than I can do, right? Like, she's, like, lifting 150 pounds over her head. She's jacked out of her mind, got big old guns on her, um, and she's, like, competes. You know, it's fun. I'm starting out new. I joined CrossFit for, like, 20% to get in shape, 80% to just do something that my wife enjoys, right? Like, we go together, and it's like I'm doing it for her. Um, So I'm doing CrossFit, right? And the way it works is there's classes every day. There's a 5 o'clock a.m. class, 6 a.m. class. I go to the 6 a.m., but these people do 6 a.m. five times a week. And I'm doing it now like four times a week. I ain't up to five yet, but I do four times a week. But they become kind of like a community, right? Like I see people at the CrossFit more than I see people at church. Because we were together for three, for, well, I was going three days a week, three hours a week for every week of the whole year since I've been doing it for six months. And so I'm the new guy walking into this community, right? And they're not believers. You know, some might be, some aren't. You know, it's just a, workout. And so I go there. I'm nervous. And I'm probably the most social guy in this room, right? Like, I'm nervous because I'm walking into somebody else's community. And that's not easy. When you move into a new neighborhood, when you come into a new church, when you join a gym where everybody knows each other, it was like, when I walked in, it was like the record scratch and everybody, like, turned around. Like, oh, who's this? Um, and, uh, you know, Nicole wasn't with me. I didn't tell him I was Nicole's um, husband or anything like that. And the craziest part of the story is, is I can't describe to you how welcomed they made me feel. Like, you expect the coach, like there was a coach of the class, to be welcoming because they're like, oh, hey, you must be new. Good to see you. It's like the same way when you come to church. You expect the pastor to shake your hand, right? 
Like, I, he's got to shake my hand. I know he does. But what about everybody else? And I kid you not, when I was, I got there like five minutes early, everybody walked up to me, like at one point throughout, like, the time I was there and said, hey, what's your name? Are you just starting? Oh, cool. It's good to have you. And they really had no motivation to do that, right? Like, they really, like, every single person was so nice, introductory. Even some of them, like, after a couple weeks asked me if I want to go out to lunch and get to know me. And, like, it was, like, really cool things. Secretly, I'm trying to see if they're Christians or not so I can share Jesus with them, and they don't know that. So, um, but I was just saying, like, if this CrossFit gym that's just about, you know, lifting weights and stuff like that is so welcoming, and Jesus is not at all a presence there, the music is basically little John and little Wayne and the rap, this rap music. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, that, you know, it ain't like they're playing Hillsong up in that place. Um, if those people can be the nicest, most hospitable people, like how can we as a church step up our game? That when a new person comes here that you don't know, like let's say anybody you don't recognize, that we can go up to that person and say, hey, it's good to see you. I'm not sure if we met. I'm not sure if you're new, but I don't, you know, I don't know you. Good to see you. My name's Jim. And how can we as a church step up our game? How can we step up our game? You see, during our intermission time, like we do intermission time with a very specific purpose. Like there's really a couple of purposes. The, the side purposes are like the kids go to their classrooms because we want the kids in here during worship and to see baptisms. We also, um, so the kids have to be dismissed during intermission. The other reason we added intermission time is so you guys can say hi to each other and you guys can mingle around a little bit, right? Like, it's, it's, you get your coffee, you also go to the bathroom, but it's really for you guys to find somebody new and say hello. It's part of, like, hospitality, right? And because if we don't offer, like, an intermission time, when do we do that? If you come to church, like, two minutes before church and you leave the second it ends, when are we going to have time to entertain guests, right? And this is our, like, hour a week to do that. And so the intermission time is an intentional time to get up and see, find somebody you don't know. And we give five minutes for that specifically. And so, like, I've asked people, and this might be the only gut punch, but I've asked people that have been coming to J-Road for a little bit. And, and, I've, and they've been coming maybe for, like, a year, maybe two years, maybe less, maybe six months. But I've been asking, how do you feel the reception at J-Road is? And all of them say, after I've been coming for, like, six months, I feel like I can fit in, but the first six months were really hard. It was kind of a cold reception. I'm like, oh, really? Um, and not everybody. That might not be everybody's thing, but they said, you know, it's just like you walk in, and it's like, hi, and then it's like once you get to know a couple people, it's like they didn't feel like the reception was super warm. But they said once we got to be here for a couple months and got to know some people and really got plugged into a couple things, it was different. But they said the initial thing, it could have been better. It could have been better. And so... I'm not saying that indictment on any one person. I'm saying that on me too. I think that's part of the reason we're doing this is, is how can we be more engaging to people we don't know? As I look around this room, I see about six people that have probably been coming in the last six weeks. Or maybe they're new today. I'm not sure. But I see a lot of new faces. And how many new people do you typically greet on a Sunday morning? And that should be like, God has put you here. Like, if you made it here, if you got up, if you're healthy, if you're in here, 
God has put you here for a purpose, and you guys could be used by God in that way this morning. Does that make sense? Like, you're not, like, we're here to worship God. That's the main reason we're here. But you can worship God by taking notes during the sermon or listening to the sermon. You can worship God by greeting a stranger that you don't know and praying for somebody here. Like, all these ways that we worship God in this community. And so ask God when you come to church, who are you drawing me to this morning? Who can I say hi to? Who can I say hi to that I don't, I may not know. So I think there are some barriers to hospitality, and I'll share them with you here. So this is barriers to hospitality, specifically in our church, but maybe in general, um, is this. The first is this, is, is our culture. Is our culture. The first is culture because, I, as I said before, with some people, we have this leave-me-alone mentality. Like, we get a vibe that they don't want anybody to talk to them, right? Like, leave-me-alone mentality. Um, maybe uh, people, like, have said to you, mind your business, stay out of my business, and you feel like, hey, I don't want to, I'm just going to do me, they can do them. And our culture kind of has that. We said that about the high fences and small tables. Um, maybe COVID has made it awkward for us to, like, greet somebody and talk to them because we don't know if they're a handshaker or a hugger or a six feet away or we don't really know so we're kind of nervous about saying hi to somebody like there's cultural barriers the other thing is our setting um and i've talked about this with our elders and our staff but our setting here like like we made some changes because i don't think they were the greatest for hospitality and i'll explain why we took out, like, the back five pews because the pews went all the way to the back. But when you walked in, like, you were just new, you're walking in, and you sat back in the back of the sanctuary. Like, you look around, and there's, like, nowhere to go. <laughs> like, like, there's nowhere to stand. If you're like me, I think most people, they want to go in the back and just get, scope the area real quick. And there's nowhere to do that. Like, you're standing in the middle of the aisle scoping the area. So we put out the back so you could stand back there. People could worship back there. The other thing we did to improve the setting was we added the coffee here so people could have a cup of coffee in the back and they can like talk to people, they can get here early and mingle a little bit. But before it was just like 50 rows of pews. And once you were in a pew, the other thing with setting is these pews aren't super wide in between. So if you see somebody like where my man's sitting right there, like you have to like, okay, and you have to like, it's just, it's just too hard. I'm not going to walk over there and say hi. <laughs> right? So the settings can be a barrier. That's why one day, maybe we'll get chairs in here. We could spread them out a little bit. We could do them in circles some Sunday. I don't know. That's my goal one day. But So if you know a bunch of free chairs, let me know. Or if you want to give us 10 grand for the pews, let me know. Um, but I like the flexibility of uh, more space because setting matters, right? Um, and the last thing is our fears. We, let's face it, like when, when it comes to meeting new people, we all have fears. And the biggest blessings in our life is our friends that we have, right? The biggest blessing we have are, like, each person you meet, you know, it's like Forrest Gump. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You talk to them for five seconds, you could really figure out a person, right? <laughs> if they're saying, like, make America great again, you know kind of their ideals, right? Like, <laughs> you know what they're about. If, they, if, if you meet them and they're talking about your ear off about CrossFit, you know, they're a fitness nut or something weird, you know, like vegan, I don't know, like maybe they're mean, maybe they're nice, maybe they're a talker, maybe they're crazy, I don't know, but we have a lot of fears. And so we don't know what to do with those fears. I see these fears in action. I'll share this story real quick. Um, so on every 12th, the last every 12th, 
um, we had the Christmas store. And um, we, we did some other projects. But my brother-in-law was in town because I believe Michigan was playing somebody that weekend. They are playing somebody. Um, maybe it was the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, on every 12th. So he, he came in town to watch the game with me. And I told my brother-in-law, Chase, who doesn't go here, he lives on the other side of the state, I said, come to every 12th with me. So he came with me. So I got a chance to see the church through the eyes of a new person, right? Which is, which is cool. Um, so he was with me. Nobody knew him. Um, and we went to a project. And when we went to the project, everybody there, I think, uh, Dave, you were there, uh, and we had a blast. Like, everybody there, like Billy was there, Mark, Carmine, Dave, like other people, Andy and Sharon, they were all super welcoming to Chase. Like, they loved him, and they were great. They were joking with him. And by the end, he's like, that was an awesome church. Like, I love J-Road. He's like, if I totally come here if I lived here. I was like, you should, because I'm the pastor here, and you're my brother-in-law. Um, but here's the funny part, and this is very little detail. But when he came, initially, we walked in the church. In the beginning, we had a prayer time and coffee up here. And I was walking with him, and people were walking in, and I was standing there talking to, like, Billy and somebody else with Chase. Chase didn't know anybody. He's just standing there. And people, like, four people walked in, and they're like, hey, Jim, hey, Billy. And they got to Chase, and they're like, and, <laughs> and it was just funny. Like, they didn't know what to say. They're like, hey, Mark, hey, Jim. And I saw their eyes see Chase. I'm like, hey. And they, they kind of just, like, walked away. <laughs> And it was like, they see a new person they don't know. They don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. They just kind of sprinted away. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it was early. You know, who knows? But I'll say this in regard to greeting strangers. Here at church or in your life, any, anywhere else. Not saying anything is a rather harsh welcome. Right? Like, not saying anything is a harsh welcome. And so it's better to say anything and potentially look like a goofball than to not say anything and be like, oh, I don't know you, and, you know, we just walk away. So I wrote down, you know, three things uh, we, have, we have fear about, or actually four things we have fear about um, with showing hospitality church. And I took this from my situation with Chase. The first is this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, maybe you're not, like, maybe you don't work with people a lot, and you don't know what to say. Who knows? But really, if you see anybody new, and you don't know them, it's better just to bite the bullet and say, hey, I'm not sure if we've met. My name's Jim. What's your name? You know what I mean? That's it. Oh, are you new here? Welcome to J-Road, you know. Even though you guys aren't on the hospitality team, many of you, you can always say welcome because you're a part of this place and you're welcoming them into our community, right? You could say welcome to J-Road. You don't have to be like an elder or something to say, hey, welcome. You know, I'm glad you're here, you know. And you can just introduce yourself. So one is, I don't know what to say, literally anything, again, not saying anything is a harsh welcome. If you see somebody and you're walking by them, to not say anything in any context is, is considered rude, right? So you should always at least say, hey, how you doing? Good morning. Okay, the second thing is this, big fear. I've already met them and I forgot their name. How many has that happened to you ever in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, every single person here. Every single person here has met somebody and forgot their name. There's a couple people I see right now that I met you. I totally don't know your name. I totally forgot it. It doesn't mean I devalue you as a person, right? It doesn't mean I don't like you or I didn't think you were a very pleasant person. It means it takes me about eight times to meeting somebody to, to remember their name. And so one of the fears is, is I don't know I forgot their name and I don't feel like asking their name again. 
And for many of you here, I just say, hey, I'm so sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, I, it slipped my mind, what is it? And they'll tell me, and it's, it's fine, we move on. After a few times, I'll remember it, you know, and it sticks in my brain. But it takes a while. But it's, I put on humility and just say, hey, I'm really sorry, I forgot your name. And people don't care. They know that you cared enough to put on humility to say, sorry, I forgot your name, than just saying, you know, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to them anymore um, because I don't know their name. The second, th- this is the third one. This is my favorite. Uh, I met them a number of times and still forgot their name. Okay, that's kind of like number two. It's kind of like number two. Number four, what if they're not interested in talking? What if they don't want to talk? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you this, and this goes for our church setting. If anybody comes to church on a Sunday morning, they're expecting to talk to people. Amen? They would have stayed home and watched on live stream if they don't want to talk to people. If people come, to, not saying people that watch on live stream don't want to talk to people. I'm not saying that to y'all. I know some of y'all have legitimate reasons not to be here. But I'm saying is, is that if you come to church, you, you are putting yourself out there, Right? It's like when you were at high school dance and there's a girl sitting there and you got your eye on her. It's like, well, she probably doesn't want to dance. Well, she came to the dance. She's expecting to be asked to dance. Ask her to dance. It's the same way. If anybody's here at church, it doesn't matter how grumpy they look or how tired they look, they're expecting to talk to somebody. And so go up and talk to them. You know, and if they say, I don't want to talk, don't talk to me then you did your part. You could back away. I'll not go to that section again. But you know what I mean? That never happens. Usually it's, you know, people, they want somebody to talk to them. That's why they're coming to church. That's why they're coming to this social setting. Um, that's why they're here. And so this is my final charge of the church, and then we'll wrap it up. R- Romans fifteen seven. if you're taking notes. Romans fifteen seven. This is, a, I mean, this verse is pulled out of context. Um, but the context doesn't change much. But this verse says this. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Man, just welcome one another. Not just because it's a good thing to do, but do it as Christ welcomed you. If random people at CrossFit who don't know Jesus can welcome very well, us who have been welcomed by Jesus should be so much better than that. Because Jesus has welcomed us. He's welcomed us into his family. He's welcomed us into heaven. He's bestowed great mercies and, and blessings upon us. And so we should go the same and do likewise. And so how has Christ, Christ welcomed us? How has Christ welcomed us? I have six quick points that I just wrote down. Um, the first is this. We were strangers, right? Before we met Christ, the Bible says we were sinners and we were far from God. And when you asked Jesus to forgive you of all your sins, you were once a stranger to God, and he welcomes you in and makes you part of his family. You were that weird guy that your dad brought to Christmas because he felt bad, and he sat next to you on the couch during the game. You were that weird guy. You were that enemy, and God welcomed you in and said, I love you. I welcome you into my family. So we were all once strangers. Don't forget that. If you feel like you were born saved, you weren't. Like, you got saved at some point, <laughs> and, and you were welcomed in. So the other, number two is, he seeked us out. 
The Bible says, like, God seeks us out, like he searches for us, like he wants us saved. The Holy Spirit woos us. He calls us out. So we got to look out for strangers. We have to seek out strangers, whoever they are. That's being like Christ, right? When we seek people out. He overcame all barriers. In the same way we have barriers to fear, Jesus overcame all barriers. He overcame the cross. He overcame the grave. He, he never sinned once, even though he was tempted. He overcame all barriers to save us. And so we need to overcome all barriers to show hospitality to other people. It's like, I can't have anybody over my house because I got a dog. It's like, yo, I had a really rabid dog. No, nah, he wasn't rabid. He barked a lot at people at my last house before I moved to Muskegon. And when we had missional community at our house at our last church, we put him in the back of our car and shut the door. Like, oh, no, you put Poochie in the back of your car in your heated garage. Yes, we did. I laid down blankets. He liked it back there. He slept for like four hours while we had our missional community. And he wasn't barking his face off and slobbering over everybody. And it was fine. And that's where he went during missional community. That was a barrier for us to have and people over at our house. We didn't want to have guests over, so we put Poochie out in the car. His name was Tyson, actually. But we put the Poochie in the car. Um, so we overcame all barriers. He sacrificed himself to be close to us. As I said, when we greet people and we're welcoming to people, oftentimes we have to sacrifice our interest, our pride. We have to sacrifice our, ourselves a little bit. We have to put our pride to the side and say, hey, I'm so sorry. You might think I'm a total crazy person, but I forgot your name. But I see you all the time. You seem like a really cool person, and I want to get to know you. It's, it's, it's kind of sacrificing our pride. Um, you could also just ask somebody, hey, what's that lady's name? I forgot. I do that too sometimes until I get to know better. Um, Jesus, uh, he put us before himself. That's what we do when we greet people. And last, he loved us. In this whole list, that's how we should be towards strangers in any setting we're in, especially church. We should seek people out. We should find people we don't know. We should love them as a child of God. If anybody is newer to J-Road, like, we should all find a way to get to know them and shower them with love. And if they leave here and say, hey, Jim, I can't go to your church. Those people were too nice. They are too welcoming. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'll say, see you later. There's 100 other churches, <laughs> you know. I'll take that, right? If somebody said our church was too nice, if our church was too welcoming, I'll take that any day. And if people don't like that, this might not be the church for them. You know, it might not. Um, in 2022, how can we put others before ourselves? How can we show love to people we never met? How can we do that? We tap into the Holy Spirit. God has given us all the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit did all of these things, the Holy Spirit can do all of those things through us. We, if we feel like we want to grumble, we ask Jesus for strength. If we want to show hospitality, we ask for strength to love this person, to overcome barriers, to overcome our fear, to know them. So my last charge to us before I pray is be kind and welcoming and hospitable to new people, strangers, or guests here on Sundays, number one, in our missional communities, and throughout our weeks. Because why? Because Christ commands it. Let's pray. God, we love you and we worship you and 
God, I just thank you, first of all, for these lives changed. That's the most important thing today. Um, with Shad and Butch getting baptized, that's the most important thing. We thank you for that. Um, God, these are new folks. Shad and Butch are relatively new. I know Shad's been coming a while. I, I pray that people shower them with love and, and greeting. I pray that we get out of our comfort zones a little bit and we greet people that are new, that we don't know. Even if they say, hey, I've been coming here for five months or I've been coming here for five years. God, help us just get to know each other. Put ourselves out there. Help us invite people to sit with us that may be sitting alone. Help us to invite people out to lunch afterwards um, just to get to know people. Help us be hospitable everywhere we are because you want us to. And God, help us welcome people like you have welcomed us. I just thank you in Jesus' name.